Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports conversation with James Navalance on the Believe. Network joining us today, Levi Weaver, staff writer for The Athletic, covering the Texas Rangers. Uh, first off, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to get back to me and, and you know, getting on this today. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to do it. Much appreciated. Um, so let's just start, you know, your general background. Uh, you know, I looked into it, you know, you transitioned from music to then covering baseball. So I love that you already have a kind of different path than most people within your own industry. So yeah. yeah, I would just love to hear a little bit more on all of that. Man. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to college kids sometimes and they're like, okay, so what I want to do is what you're doing. Show me the, like, what's the equation. And uh, <clears throat> I'm like, this is unfortunately not math. It's more uh, poetry, I think, <laughs> um, because I, I do not have a career path that I would recommend anyone attempting to, to duplicate. Uh, I got really, really lucky and had a lot of help from a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I, I did, uh, I was a singer songwriter for about a decade, toured around uh, the US and Europe and, and was not ever you know like famous by any stretch of the imagination, um, but had a, a, a good enough fan base that even though it was small, I could stay in business and basically more or less broke even. Um, I credit my wife for basically working to pay the rent while I was gone and my, my music basically covered my music expenses. And the idea was that it would at some point take off to a level where, you know, um, she wouldn't have to do that. We did spend a year living in an RV in 2014, uh, all of us together. And I got two kids just driving around the U S um, I mean, we hit like 46 states, so like, and most of them at least twice. So it was it was a, a long year, and then settled it back in Texas in 2015. And the plan was to write the next album and just kind of keep it going. But for whatever reason, my my um, inspiration, I guess, was just gone. Like I I forgot how to write a song, and so 2015 was a weird year. I uh, I planted a garden. In, uh, in my backyard and grew my hair down to about here, which is the opposite of how it is now. Um, and while I was doing that, I had a, a friend who worked at Channel 8, the ABC affiliate here in uh, in DFW. And he asked if I wanted to just do some blogging about the Rangers. They were the team that I'd watched growing up. I had always been a big baseball fan. And so I just kind of did that to give me something to do. Um, so I wasn't just languishing for an entire year. And um I kind of found that I enjoyed it. And so they had a full-time girl that was at the ballpark all the time, kind of more of a non-traveling beat writer, if there's such a thing. Um, and she left to Guam in 2016. And so he asked, you know, we, we kind of sort of mutually had this conversation. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to continue my life as a songwriter if I can't write songs. And I kind of think maybe this is the next step for me. And he said, uh, 
okay, you know, are you sure like the baseball schedule is pretty, it's pretty harrowing. I'm like, my man, I just lived in an RV for a year. I'm playing 200 shows. Like, yes, I think I can handle that. So yeah, I did that in 2016 and 17 and then um, could not convince that I was in a freelance role technically. And so I couldn't convince them to give me a full-time you know, salary or health insurance or all of those things that, you know, you got kids, you like care about your health all of a sudden. And um, so I started my own company. It was called the upset and it was kind of like the athletic in that it was a, a subscription-based site. Um, our plan was to try to, you know, expand to the places where the athletic was not because it was only in six or eight cities at that point. Long series of events uh, and coincidences and basically the athletic approached us and, and asked if they could just buy our site and that we would just be their Dallas vertical. So it was me, Sean Shapiro was our stars writer. Uh, we had uh, Kevin Turner and Jeff Cavanaugh were our Cowboys writers. And um, yeah, they brought us all on and I've been at the athletic ever since and they've somehow uh, not found the file to terminate my employment yet. So that's not a normal way to get to where I am. That, you know, that story in it, in itself is like inspirational because, you know, you, you have this passion, you know, whether, you know, people get into whatever one thing, like I'm also a college basketball coach along with doing this podcast here. So, you know, I'm in an industry where, Passion is kind of everything. And it's similar to you where it's like, yeah, low money, you know, trying to make your way. And then, you know, eventually, you know, you get that full-time gig and full-time salary. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you know, if you do have kids, like then you, you do start worrying about like the benefits and all those other things that come to it. What besides, you know, and obviously the family, your wife, your kids was the biggest inspiration, I'm sure, to pivoting mm -hmm. and trying to really rekindle it. Um, but what, what else was along that path that was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to pivot off this. Obviously you said you lost the inspiration to, you know, just write and find, you know, ways to make your music, but you know, knowing it. And then obviously just knowing like, all right, like it's, and you didn't necessarily know it was going to be the Rangers, but like, all right, this is some, this is an area where, you know what, I can still, I can get somewhere where I can thrive in still. Yeah. I think part of it was that that I, I really just loved baseball. Um, you know, I collected base, as you can tell, I collected baseball cards as a kid. And, um, you know, that was the one sport I had homeschooled until eighth grade. And, and so I played, I went to a small school. So if you wanted to play a sport, you just go play it. You didn't have to make the team. You were, you were going to get to be on the team. Uh, was not good at football. I eventually quit that. I was not particularly good at basketball, a little better than football. I was good at track, but I, freaking hated it. Like I ran distance and it was awful. Uh, I just did it cause I could win. Um, but baseball was the one sport and I played little league growing up and like, I just, it's complicated. You know, the rules are complicated, which I loved and the strategy is there and it's, um, baseball is a sport. And I, and I know that the other sports are like this too, but for me, like baseball was a sport that no matter how long I had followed it, there's always something new to learn every day. Like you, you could, you can be in baseball for 50 years and still learn something new. Um, and so, I mean, it was kind of like that realization, like, well, look, I'm going to have to do something else. And there seems to be an opportunity here to do something in an area that I love. I might as well try it. If it doesn't work, then, you know, I'm a year or two behind where I was figuring out the next thing, but man, if this is the next thing, whew, that'd be cool, you know? And if it's not, then I can always say, oh yeah, for two years, I like 
went to Texas Rangers baseball games and interviewed players and like, that'd be a fun story to tell. So, um, so yeah, I, I really just, uh, oh, we got, we have coffee coming. All good. All good. Yeah. Um, so I, thank you. Um, so I, I really just kind of, here's the other part of that is that my wife who had paid the rent while I was gone in Nashville also had a job here in Texas. And I hear a lot of people talking about, um, and I think this is an important topic and something that I was the beneficiary of, you know, when you talk about diversity in hiring and you talk about trying to, you know, a lot of companies will give lip service to this. How do you, how do you hire a kid who comes from a background where they don't have parents or, or a spouse to support them? And they might have just as much talent as me, but just don't have the opportunity to, to go make $12,000 a year. Like they have to, actually pay their rent and they have to stay alive with their health problems or whatever. Um, and so, you know, Heather was paying the bills and that allowed me to work my way and like pay my dues a little bit for a couple of years to the point that a, I sharpened my craft to where I, not that I knew what I was doing, but more knew what I was doing when I jumped in on day one and, and two was able to establish a body of work. So that if I did want to apply for a job, you know, I had, here are my mistakes. Let's not send those along. But also I worked until I had some good things. It established a, a readership or a, not a fan base necessarily, but a reader base um, to where when I did start my own company, people followed me to where I was going. Um, what I would love to see from that is more risks taken on people just straight into a full-time gig. And I, I understand if you're running a business, that's tricky to do. You want to get somebody who either has experience or you can pay very little money while they get that experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be hypocritical of me not to acknowledge that I, I definitely had some breaks that came from other people being willing to believe in what I was doing and support that uh, until I was able to, to support myself. Uh, absolutely. That is, you know, again, your story, as I told you just before we hopped on here, like it's really about for me, you know, learning each other's stories and really what kind of makes people who they are and makes their stories their own kind of unique self. And obviously your story here is really terrific and, you know, inspiring. And you can just keep pushing along just to you find, you know, your own path. So it's awesome. Uh, let's get right into the Rangers now. Now you've been here, right? It's about to be five years correct for you covering the Rangers? Yeah, so I started in 16 full-time um, to, I just finished my fifth year with the athletics. So I've done seven seasons with the Rangers now. in total seven. Okay. So obviously, you know, just before you get there, right. Ron Washington, 2010, mm -hmm. 2011 world series, like kind of at the peak, Josh Hamilton, Nelson Cruz, all those guys, obviously they fall short both times. Then there's this transition period where, they really struggled and then they, you know, build a new stadium, Global Life Field 2020. And now it's all right. Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, let's shore up that middle of the infield. John Daniels leaves. Um, and obviously now this year in free agency, Andrew Heaney, Jacob DeGrom. So what is this overall just this transition since you've covered them from the beginning to where you kind of are at now with them? Yeah, my first year was 2016 when they won a bunch of one-run games and had a much better record than actually they were as a team. And they had a, had the best record in the American League. Um, 
So here I am year one on the job and the Rangers win the division and they go to the playoffs. I'm like, this is going to be, you know, just like it has been since 2010. I've been watching this team go to the world series. This is going to be amazing. Um, they have not had a winning record since then. <laughs> it's been just six years of, of uh, trying to spin up a story out of somewhere. Um, it has been nice to see. And I, I think this was, I don't know how, how in depth you want me to get. Uh, I I think they probably should have jumped into the rebuild pretty, you know, with both feet maybe in twenty seventeen or eighteen. Um, but there was a new stadium coming. <clears throat> There's talk that there was some pressure coming from ownership that like we can't be in the middle of a hundred loss season, our first year in the stadium. We have to be at least competitive. We have to have a good team. So let's get through this quicker. And I. The Rangers did have some some prospects, you know, jerks and Profar at one point was the numbers, number one prospect in baseball. Joey Gallo, uh, Nomar Mazzara, Ronald Guzman, Rugnet Odor, Chichi Gonzalez. I mean, there's just name after name after name, a bunch of pitching guys that just never made the big leagues that if those had all panned out, like they probably could have done that and and just sort of skipped the rebuild part. Mm. Unfortunately, that didn't work out and they had to completely revamp their player development system in 2018 they had gotten a little behind because they had been so successful. There was no need to tweak things. The rest of the league passed them up a little bit with, with a lot of the, the biomechanics and things like that. So, so in having to try to rapidly go through this rebuild and also this core of young players kind of not really panning out and Joey Gallo was really the only one that became a star in Texas and, and struggled since he left. It's just, I think it has delayed the process of, of going through this. And so in 2020, of course, it's the new first, it's the first year in the new stadium. And we got a pandemic and fans can't come anyway. So really they could have just done it. Um, you know, the, but it's been the process of building up the farm system to the point where if they need to make a trade, and I wouldn't be surprised to see one happen soon. Um, they have that stockpile of young guys and guys that they hope will make this a sustainable window of contention. But in the meantime, they had to replace that core of guys that didn't pan out. And so the conversation with ownership in the front office was, all right, how much money are you willing to invest? Let's go. And they have invested, you know, like you said, the, the three main guys are Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and Jacob deGrom, but also John Gray, I think was a significant signing. Andrew Heaney, if he can stay healthy and if he can replicate the success from last year in, in Los Angeles, could be really good. Um, I think they're going to have a new left fielder at some point, but then you start to see these guys hit the big leagues, right? Josh Young came up at the end of last year. Um, Jack Leiter is coming soon. Dustin Harris is a guy. Uh, Evan Carter looks like he's going to be a legitimately good player. Owen White looks like he's going to be a legitimately good pitcher. So they've got these guys that as they start to age into the big leagues, now they have these megastars. They're sort of waiting to, welcome them in. Hey guys, here's how it goes. Here's the routine. Here's the way we behave as big leaguers and, you know, and establish that culture before the guys get there instead of waiting for them to all come up, have a year or two of struggle as they establish their culture and then go sign the big free agent to come in and hope they fit in the room. Um, it's not the, it's not a traditional path, but I am very interested to see if it works. So, and now the, the pieces, as you mentioned, all coming together here. Now you need someone to lead that way. Right. There probably is not a better guy to do it than Bruce Bochy. Obviously, all of his success with the San Francisco Giants. What are your expectations now? You know, we've seen this with Tony Larusa, 
going to Chicago, older guy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of right away had success. And then obviously this year they struggle massively, health concerns, all that stuff. What are your kind of expectations for Bruce Boshi in year one and kind of the timeline of like how long really is he expect, you know, obviously it's year one, but kind of the longevity of him being there as well. Right. So you mentioned Tony LaRusso, which I think is a good example of how this can go wrong. But you've also got Dusty Baker in Houston, who just won a World Series. Um, so I, I don't think that necessarily just as far as age goes, you can say, you know, hiring an old manager does or doesn't work. I think it very much depends on the person. Um, Bochi went to the World Series with the Padres in the, what was that, 98? Um, went to the World Series, obviously, three times with the Giants, won all three. Um he is clearly a good manager, future Hall of Famer. Um, he's been out of the game since the end of 2019. And so there have been some changes, the rule changes, um, not just the new ones that are coming in this year, because everybody's dealing with those anew, but also like there was not a three batter minimum when he was a, a manager. He's never managed in the American League, so he never had a, a designated hitter to work with. He's had you know his double switches. And I think generally speaking, managing with the DH is easier than managing without it you know but um yeah it'll be i think a couple of things one it will be interesting to see how quickly he catches up with the changes in the game since he left it's been a rapidly evolving beast um two i think he has a really it seems that he has a really good relationship with chris young uh, who's the general manager uh, young pitched for bochi in san diego and it will be interesting to watch that dynamic. I know Young very much respects Bochi, respects his opinion, is going to let him kind of have the the autonomy to do what he wants. Um, also, he's a new GM, and he's still, I, I say new, it's been a couple of years, but he's still figuring things out as well. So uh, I don't think Bochi wants to stick around for a decade, right? You know, he's he's not, not looking to do that. And I, I think it's interesting that they hired Will Venable as a bench coach. Uh, Venable was up for consideration for a number of managerial jobs uh, even this year. And so I think maybe what we're looking at is um, if I had to put on my prognostication hat, probably like a try to make the wild card this year, try to win a world series in 2024 or 25. And then at at that point, whether it be three years or so, maybe four at the most, Bochy steps aside and, and Will Venable would seem to be the heir apparent. Now that's, Nobody has told me this. This is not insider information. I'm just sort of trying to read the tea leaves. Um, But I think we're probably looking at, you know, at most a three or four year window with Bochi. Now going here, Jacob deGrom. Yeah. Now this, this is the piece. Like this feels like the piece that, all right, like you bring in Bochi. They do what they did last off season. This feels Mm -hmm. like the piece where, they finally had that respect. Obviously, they lose a lot of close games last year, a lot of one-run games. So is this what, – what additional pieces – you mentioned the possibility of a trade, you know, mm-hmm. down the road here kind of. Obviously, the, the free agency window has gone a lot faster this year than previous yeah. years with all the spending. Obviously, the trade market's been on the slower side. What do you see as maybe the piece that – goes with not necessarily pitching, but goes with Jacob deGrom as like the offseason piece that maybe a potential trade takes place. Yeah, they've mentioned another outfield bat. Um, for me personally, I'd love to see that be a left-handed bat, but uh, you know, Cody Bellinger's off the market already. Um, because uh, see, I think Bubba Thompson can be 
a full-time big leaguer. I think his speed is, you know, you, you want guys with speed. You want guys that are fast. His is above and beyond. And I think a guy who is that fast can impact a game, not only with his defense, base running, you know, beating out infield singles, getting on base via bunt and going nuts on the bases. Um, I think he is a, like, I think it'd be very easy for him to be a very productive number nine hitter in the lineup. Uh, turning over the lineup, it's basically, you know, second leadoff hitter at that point. Then if he does have some pop and he learns how to get on base at about a 350, 360 clip, well, you got your leadoff hitter. Um, it doesn't seem that the Rangers are convinced that he's there quite yet because the word that we've gotten from them when we've talked to them is about, you know, what else are you going to do? What's coming next? Another outfield bat. Well, they're probably probably not talking about center field. Leody Tavares certainly struggled a bit last year. And, and, you know, maybe the, maybe the trick is that Tavares goes in a trade and Bubba's the center fielder. I don't know. Um, they're not talking about Adolis Garcia. Um, so at that point you're looking okay, left field is the only one, only position left. Mm -hmm. And then they've talked about getting a couple more bullpen arms, which I think would be a, a good idea. Um, they've had some success, you know, Jose, Leclerc and Jonathan Hernandez are back from Tommy John surgery. Both look pretty good at the end of last year. Uh, Brock Burke was a revelation last year out of the bullpen. Taylor Hearn seems to have finally found his niche as a like multi-inning reliever. He looked pretty nasty. Not, not a ton of success as a starter, but as a reliever really looked great. Um, so Joe Barlow was their closer for a while and then he sort of crashed and burned. But if he's not in the closer role, if he's your sixth inning guy, a middle reliever, I think he's still a very passable bullpen piece. After that, unless I'm forgetting somebody, I don't feel bad if I did, um, expendable pieces, right? So I think they could stand to bring in a couple more solid relief pitchers, and especially guys who are capable of pitching multiple innings. I know they've got Hearn and Burke, but you look at the, the guys that are in the rotation right now, DeGrom pitched 64 innings last year. Um, Heaney pitched, I think, 72. Jake Odorizzi pitched 103, and with Odorizzi, it's not as much an injury concern as it is like he's just really effective two times through the order and you really like has not been not to say that he can't people evolve people change but at this point in his career if you find out what's working they may want to stick with that you're going to need some innings at the end of his starts uh john gray was on the il a few times last year he's fully capable of going deep in games when he's healthy but there's concern there and then martin perez had a great year last year uh, was an all-star, pitched 196 innings. It was this breakout season that nobody saw coming. Can he replicate that? Or is he going to revert back to the Martin Perez of old who would pitch six very good innings and one atrocious one? Um, so the bullpen is going to be very important, as is their starting pitching depth with all the injury concerns. So Dane Dunning, Glenn Otto, Cole Reagans, those guys are going to be, I think, you know, I, I'm sure if I was one of them, I would be, feeling a little like cool well you guys have acquired a full rotation and i'm not in it uh, i think i think all three of those guys are unless they're traded uh will pitch significant innings for the rangers this year okay so la last part here um i'm really appreciative of your time of course so you know we went through your background we went through all this ranger stuff now my last question and it's really the ethos of what i'm about and okay. kind of every guest I bring on is kind of this question, like what, what's the best version of you Ooh. in any, in any way, like professionally, Ooh. personally, what's the best version of you? Pressure, pressure to answer this question correctly, man. This is, 
this is a hard one. Um, man, there are, there are a couple of ways to answer this one. Um, I think when, when I am um, inspired, if I can try and just be as succinct as possible about it, you know, and whether that be my, my writing or whether that be my everyday life. Um, if I'm inspired, then there's more the energy to do something well. And sometimes when I'm writing that inspiration comes from the, uh, the an injection of like last minute panic because I'm on deadline, <laughs> but I would prefer, you know, there's, there's nothing like, I, I think this might be the case for not just me, but a, a lot of people that when you when you are that feeling of inspiration where you're like I know that this is a good idea and I know like I, when you have that feeling you will put whatever energy you want into it and there's a difference between grinding it out um you know writing the story because you have to right this this thing happened and you have to write about it and writing a story because oh I can't wait to read this when I'm done like, cause I know that this idea is good and I know that people are going to like this. Um, and the same in life too. And you're like making decisions about your, whether it be your career or whether it be about you know, relationships or whatever, because you are in, inspired and you, that, that's what you want to do. And you are, you are in it and, and man want, <laughs> I gave you such a succinct answer. And then here I am giving you 10 more minutes on it. Yeah. What I mean by want is not the selfish, like, in a candy store like i want that but when you recognize that like that is a good thing that is that is good i want to participate in that i want that to participate in me uh, i want i want my life to be influenced i want the outcome of my life to be influenced by this idea or this person or whatever it might be um, when you have that inspiration then you will be more tireless in your work. And I don't believe in the grind. Um, I, I think that it, that is a, uh, we could get into a, a whole bunch of reasons why I don't, I don't. Um, but when it is something that you are passionate about and when you are inspired, it won't be a, like I've, there have been days I've worked 10 hours, not because I was just like, Oh, I got to get ahead. This is so I can make money. This is so I can climb the ladder, but 10 hours because I was fully engaged in this. Thing. Like I'm, like I have to force myself to take a break to eat so that I don't get tired because if I get tired, I'm not going to do as good at this. So I have to take care of myself. And it's like, all of a sudden you're doing all the things that you've been told to do. You're taking care of yourself. You are working hard. You are, you know, making good decisions that you, that are not going to screw that thing up that you're so excited about. Um, and it's, it's not something that can be, I think, faked, which is unfortunate. I wish I could just like flip a switch and like go into inspiration mode. You can practice it. You know, you can get closer to it because you know that that's the flow that you want to be in. Uh, but man, when it strikes, uh, there's nothing. If I could bottle that up and just sell it, that I would. I would never work another day in my life. I, I would be the richest man in the world because everyone would be so like, yes, that's that's the feeling I want. Uh, so yeah. In, in inspiration i think you know there are some practices that call it flow um i think it may be a slightly different thing but it's very very similar um, so yeah that, that's my that's my short slash extremely long answer no that's tremendous you know inspiration yeah like you're distinct about it and then obviously you give all the great reasoning behind it uh no that is absolutely big time 
Uh, this is Sports Conversation with James Navalance on the Believe Network. Uh, Levi, much appreciative of all your time. Uh, I love, as I said, getting into people's backgrounds. And you're probably, you know, I've only, this is my, we're about a month and a week or so into this thing here. And yes. uh, your story is definitely the most unique so far and, you know, awesome conversation. Well, thanks, man. I'm glad to do it. And good luck. I hope this thing grows and does really well for you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.